Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Author hey, you have a new Buzz Report out, and I, I will have a new Real Deal out at the beginning of next week. We Get really are out. authors. Mine will be out today. Yeah. And it is... Only because I let you go first. Scathing. That's true. Yours is more timely, though. I'd locked Tom in his office and was like, don't you dare <laughs> type. I'm ready to call him. <laughs> Anyway, hi. Welcome to CNET's podcast of Indeterminate Length, which actually has nothing to do with the column, except that sometimes the topics overlap. Like today. Like today, because seriously, no one in the tech universe can stop talking about Sony and the great root uh, kit disaster of 2005. The BBC has a very good summary of this story. If you want to catch up on what all has happened with the Sony anti-piracy CD with the root kit, uh, head to the BBC because they have a nice summation of just like over the past 24 to 48 hours. Yes. And if you haven't been paying attention, the short version is that uh, it was discovered earlier this week that Sony copy protected CDs surreptitiously installed copy protection software as a root kit, which is basically, as we said yesterday, a set of tools that can allow uh processes and files to be hidden and unfortunately also open your computer up to some takeover kind of a trojan <laughs> horse sort kind of, thing. of a trojan horse root kits often classified along with or as trojan horses and the, so, they don't they weren't telling you that this was happening and yes. just by playing it uh accepting the eula yeah. they installed them now sony claims hey we told you we were installing copy protection because in the eula <laughs> that you accept it says that copy protection would be installed right. and on the cd it says copy protection will be installed what they don't make specifically clear is that we're going to amend your operating system to open a Trojan horse. Right. Which Sony and continues to, to say is alter, not a security concern. Which is ridiculous. But the other thing they don't say in the EULA or anywhere is that they're going to alter, potentially alter the drivers that control your CD-ROM drive. So they've released a fix mm-hmm. that they say <laughs> will uh, get rid of the uh, part that was been, that has been discussed <laughs> and it does not remove the rootkit. All right. it does is get rid of the uh, string sys string cloaking. Yes. And a lot of the chatter, uh, I'm taking this off of Boing Boing, a lot of the chatter about the Sony rootkit has been about other malware authors using the files, processes, and reg keys starting string sys string, which would then be invisible on machines with the Sony rootkit installed. So they've they've patched that. Right. They say, we didn't need to patch it. We're just doing it because everybody's up in an uproar about it. But we right. still think it wasn't insecure. And according to Ed Felton, he said he... Th- suspects that the rootkit fix actually adds files <laughs> and he doesn't know what they are. Right. So they're doing it again insofar as they are in the fix putting things on your computer that they don't reveal what they are. Right. And the the fix doesn't I ha, I did read somewhere that the fix may allow you to uninstall the copy protection software, but I haven't really seen that backed up anywhere. I have not seen that either. So I don't and know. And then and then of course there remains the issue that the DRM installed here is incredibly restrictive. I mean, more so than other DRM we've seen in the past. And I read one blog that said that (laughs) part of the reason for the insanely restrictive DRM is that it's Sony's attempt to supposedly try to force Apple to be more open and they won't let their stuff play on the iTunes and on the iPod because the iPod isn't open to other file formats or something along those lines. Well, and the weird thing is most of the reports that I've seen say people with power books don't, experience the copy protection mm. that the, the cd plays just fine there's no rootkit installed there's no i mean people with apples or linux actually hmm. who play have have had no issue interesting and, but well, that's because the rootkit is a windows thing right which right so it's only going to affect the windows users but now um the obviously 
people not so happy about this. And both Wired and um, Ian, who emailed us, who I believe may have some relation to our producer, Veronica, <clears throat> uh, says that what Sony's done here, <laughs> that's all I'm saying, um, uh, that what Sony's done here is potentially illegal. Well, yeah. Now, Wired has a good article about that. Uh, Ian's comments said that under the Home Recording Act, mm-hmm. you're allowed to make copies, but I think that only applies to tapes. I think the Home Recording Act is trumped by the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright. That's what I think, So I too. don't think yeah. the Home Recording Act uh, applies but here. Ian but also the, points out the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. That's right. Now, there he may have something. Which makes know. it illegal to, quote, intentionally access a protected computer without authorization and as a result of such content, conduct recklessly cause damage. So the question would be, do they have your approval to access when you click OK on that EULA? Right. Some would say yes. Some would say some no. Some would say no. Well, and Tony would say yes, we have your approval. Right. Wired suggests that it also may be a crime under that same act, uh, primarily because corrupting Windows, they say, quote, Corrupting Windows so that it misreports the content of a hard drive sounds a lot like damage. And the click wrap license agreement on the Sony disc amounts to pretty thin authorization, disclosing only that this CD will automatically install a small proprietary software program intended to protect the audio files embodied on the CD. Also, Adam from Chicago wrote us to say, hey, wouldn't removing the rootkit be a violation of both the user license and the DMCA since you are <laughs> circumventing copy protection? So yes. if you remove the rootkit software that is compromising the security of your computer, you could mm-hmm. be violating the DMCA. Great. <laughs> Great. This is what happens a lot. when you try to stop natural behavior with laws. It just keeps getting complicated Not, yeah. more and more complicated. Not with laws, but with what is avowedly black hat technology. Yeah, even worse in this I case. I mean, this is essentially an assault. Sony has essentially dropped the equivalent of viruses onto people's PC without their knowledge. Now, I apologize for not being able to find it, but one of the best emails, or maybe it was in one of the calls that we'll get to later, talked about mm, what I did is I put the CD in my CD player. Plugged it into my line in on my computer, and I recorded the whole thing digitally the analog way. Yes, that is our call from Ron, which you have now ruined. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to play it again later. Yeah, we'll let Um, Ron tell you in his own words. There are, this is a story that despite the use of of somewhat scary words like rootkit has just taken off over the web, because I think everyone can understand the concept of someone sneaking in without your consent, doing something that you didn't ask for, messing up your computer, and kind of not copping to it, and opening you up to potential further attacks. So there is now a boycott Sony petition online. There are about a million different comments and emails. I think this is, other than the desktop replacement laptop, I have not seen our listeners so fired up. Yeah, we have gotten more emails on this than anything else. So we'll get to some more of that later. Let's yes. let's change pace here and talk about Microsoft planning a deliberate shortage of Xboxes. <laughs> this is a posting on Slashdot. And if you click through, as we must really encourage people to do yes always click through to the articles you click, click through you click through to an Ars Technica article which then uh, discusses that perhaps some comments by Microsoft CFO indicate that the uh, Xbox 360 supply would be intentionally limited right. in order to create shortages that's quoting from a Reuters piece which when you click through becomes a lot less inflammatory and basically lot. is saying, hey, you know what? We don't want a huge spike in sales and then a big dump in sales. So we are pacing the supply both for manufacturing and for retail re- reasons. So there is some truth to it that Microsoft mm-hmm. is restricting the flow. And maybe there's some truth to it that they're doing it for nefarious reasons. But there are also some other reasons. Yeah, I think that... It's a good example of click through. Yes. The points that are made on Slashdot and Ars Technica aren't wrong. Right, but I have to take issue with the headline 
on on Slashdot, which lacks a question mark uh. behind the declarative statement. Microsoft plans deliberate Xbox 360 shortage. Well, that's the kind of thing that's just designed to get your commenters into a wild Microsoft hating true, frenzy. True, but inflammatory. Well, is it true? Yeah, they are. Shortage? They're planning, they're shortage? Pl- well, shortage is inflammatory, but they're saying, like, we're going to pace the supply. So They're not saying we're not going to have enough supply. Well, they know they're not. Everybody Do knows they know? Not. what they're? I mean, the, to me, this could be indicating that they're afraid they're not going to sell very many. Uh, Who knows? I, I, I think that's doubtful. Well, I think there are a couple of ways to read this, is all I'm saying. I think after a word like shortage, you need a question mark. If their big fear is that they would have a huge spike in sales, then they're probably not planning on having too small of sales. That's all I'm saying. Well, true. But if they were not thinking that they were going to sell enough, they wouldn't say, oh, we're worried about a big spike and then a slump. Right? That's what, yeah. Well, they wouldn't publicly announce that they were anticipating a spike if indeed they were secretly worried that they, right. or rather they That's would publicly said. Say, say that. They they, oh, no, wait a minute. Because they're not going to come out and say, oh, we're afraid we're not going to sell that many. Wheels within wheels here. All right. Well, anyway. All right. You can see how easily one simple story becomes. Turn this into a conspiracy theory. Razors oh, for will. 88 bucks. <laughs> Lies. No, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but I love this website, Black Friday 2005. They're the ones that reported that Walmart might be selling $400 laptops and desktops thereby leading to a scary Walmart stampede the day after Thanksgiving. Now they say that <laughs> our producer Mark just started writing this down. Wait, what? $400 laptops. I need that for my new home theater. Um, now Black Friday 2005 is saying that the retail that Walmart also might start selling the Razer for $88.73. What Mark's writing down mm-hmm. is an indication of how he has risen to his position, which is we need to promote the holiday help desk on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Molly and I and Brian Cooley and Dan Miller will be uh, on, streaming live on CNET.com Friday, November 25th. And we'll be talking about all this kind hours. of stuff. Yeah, we need your company, man. The man, the man is a marketing <laughs> genius. And please. please call and stream. We'll be taking instant messages and emails yeah, as we'll well. Yeah, we'll be taking all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Anyway. Anyway, uh, $88 razors. I don't know. If it was pink, I think I might buy one. As a compliment to my trio. I'm going to call singular is what I'm going to do. <laughs> hey, $88, huh? <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Here's, a, here's, a, here's a, another potentially inflammatory headline. Democrats defeat election law aid for bloggers. Well, that's also true. Yeah. I mean, the uh, uh, Online mean, Freedom though. of Speech Act uh, was defeated 225 to 182. The, uh, the attempt of the act was to allow bloggers to fall under the same freedoms that journalists get as far as discussing politics. Mm-hmm. So the, the controversy here is right now, if you go on the web and blog about politics, you could fall under the campaign finance rules right. that require you to disclose and and put a value on your promotion. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of thing that governs... And give equal time if you're linking yeah. to campaign websites and gives, that kind of thing. This kind of thing is what governs... Well, I don't think there's an equal time provision, is there? In the current campaign's campaign finance like law? if i'm john Kerry and i put up a john Kerry website i don't have to give equal time to george bush i think if you're john Kerry, you don't have to yeah so i think what but they're I think saying if you you either fall under one or the other oh, right okay. you're either under campaign finance reform which means you have to say okay i'm a candidate or i'm a supporter of a candidate mm-hmm. and i'm putting up this website and it's a certain value right right or you're a journalist and that's where things like you have to do balanced coverage and show that you're not taking a side and you're just you know right. you're just reporting and what this was going to do was say, hey, let's 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 get rid of the rules on the web so that bloggers are free 
to publish because otherwise it's going to be a, a pain to try to figure out who is a legitimate journalist and who mm-hmm. is just a blogger. That got defeated by the Democrats. So what's going to happen now is the if you're a blogger and you're not, you know, if you're a major blog, like a CNN blog, you got yeah. no problems. You're covered. Right. But if you're just a guy and you link to George Bush's website, then you could be falling under campaign finance. Which would mean then that you also had to link to George Kerry's website? Or, or no, John Kerry? It would mean that you would, you would have to... To some other guy You would have to be ca- counted as a, as a campaign contributor. Oh. And what would that mean? And that, that could mean tax problems. Tax problems it, and You so know, it could so mean forth. accounting problems. It's just, there's... I, I don't fully understand all the implications, but that's that's kind of the rough side to side of it. So hmm. what... What I I I'm sad that this didn't pass because yeah. while I understand that what this could do is open up some soft money ways to go start up blogs and and promote their campaigns, I don't think the web is at such a state yet that that would be overwhelming, at least mm-hmm. not have the effect of a television ad. So I think it's worth it to allow the discussion to yeah. be free, and this could this could quell freedom of speech in the political arena, right. which is the opposite of what everyone intends. I agree that it is difficult because obviously it would be hard, if not impossible, to go trying to sift through every blog and figure out what what the purpose is, you know, mm-hmm. if, it, if it is indeed it. But I do think that blogs have increasing influence. And so sure. the, to, to argue that it doesn't have the influence of a TV ad may not. Oh, it, it may I, not turn out to be true in the ne- within the next couple of years. Within the next 10 years, maybe. I think tele- I with as many of the electorate who aren't on the web, especially older people who are more likely to vote, I think a television ad is still much more effective. Are you really going to sit here and say that older people are not on the web? Men, there is a larger <laughs> percentage of older people not on the web than younger people. Yeah, that's I think just that's true. true. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I think this is hard. We may, maybe we'll have a fight about it later, but not yeah, today. Yeah, I'm too hungry. Today, I'm not quite sure. Let's go on to talk about the Washington Times <laughs> op-ed piece on Google Print. Today, there's I'm too hungry. There's a lot of stuff out there. I know. Today. There's like almost too much news. Okay, we're gonna have to I'm short. Exhausted. We're gonna have to short on this. But basically, two members of Cong- is it two members of Congress? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, President of the American Association of Publishers Pat Schrader and a former member of Congress from Colorado, mm-hmm. along with Bob Barr, a former member of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, teamed up on a, a op-ed piece in the Washington Times that basically calls Google Print uh, against the law an attempt to rewrite copyright law, and anyone who thinks otherwise is intellectually dishonest. Which immediately oh, bite me, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> How rude! That is the level of discourse we've got to. But that's that's the latest salvo in Google Print. All right, let's let's uh, run I through the bits real quick. Have a quick question for you. Oh, okay. Yes. This is this is one of those things that has annoyed me in the technology world. The other day, I was upgrading my iPod's firmware. Now, you may know that I am in possession of an ancient Generation 1 iPod Mini. But so I upgraded the firmware so that podcasts would function properly. Wait, because it's ancient? You just bought that last year. I know. I remember when you went and bought it. Yeah, it's like four iPods old now. <laughs> Seriously. I love that. <laughs> it's not my fault <laughs> that it's been rendered an antique. Anyway, I'm not upgrading because I love it. Um, uh, so I'm upgrading my firmware. I do that. I restart the thing in the iTunes. And then I get a message that says I have to plug it into the wall. I connect it to a power cord so that it can reflash the hard drive or whatever so that I can complete the, upgra- the firmware upgrade. Now, what I want to know is if you're upgrading the firmware on a newer iPod, do you also have to plug it into the wall in order to reflash? Because the newer iPods don't come with power cords. 
That's all. They don't come with they power cords? They don't come cords? with power cords. This is one of the most... This is one of the insane things that Apple has begun to do. So how do they you don't charge ship them? them because they charge over your computer. And mine does too. It charges over USB when it's plugged in. But apparently in order to do this reflash thing, it had to plug it into the wall. But so Apple has said with the most recent, the Nano and the video iPod, and maybe even the, the generation right before, well, it charges over your computer, so you don't need a hard line. Like you mm. don't need a power. And so it doesn't ship with a power adapter, which is a separate, a sold separate accessory. That's always bothered me because your computer goes to sleep and as soon as the hard drive shuts down, it right. stops charging. Well, or what if you're traveling? Yeah. I mean, but you can still much... use the old charging cables for um, the iPod with the, with the video iPod if you still have it. If you, if you have them. But, but if but I buy assumably... a video iPod, I got to buy a new one, Veronica? Yeah. Well, no. I have no idea. I mean, if I well, buy a new video iPod and I don't have an iPod, I got to buy the charger separate? Yes, you have to yeah. pay for the charger separately. So what I'm wondering is if the firmware upgrade requires Audio, you... here I come. If the firmware <laughs> upgrade also requires you to plug this thing into the wall in order to reflash and complete the upgrade, then that is just awful. I'm, I doubt that that's the case. Do I get a screen? So, and, let me know. And, and, and Not do always. I get, do I get a headphone jack <laughs> or do I have to buy that separately? Uh-huh. Oh, my mic was... Wait. Yeah, your mic's fine. Yeah, I you hear sound you. Fine. Oh, the little light hear you. was off. You're the producer. Jeez. I know. I heard myself, but the light was off. What <laughs> crisis of confidence. No, All right. I'm just kidding. Let's do quick bits. Let's do quick ones. Uh, your story on the Green Bay Packers. I Hilarious. love the story so much. Because for one thing, I love the Green Bay Packers. But they, <laughs> Coach Mike Sherman walked out of a press conference because after the Packers have made repeated requests for people to turn off their cell phones in these press conferences, some cameraman's cell phone rang. And it drove him crazy, and he cut the thing short, and he was out of there. And so then they said, we're not going to have another press conference unless you tell us whose phone it was that was ringing. Oh, my gosh. And the the media... punishing the whole class. Right. Members of the media would not fess up. And so the team canceled Brett Favre's weekly briefing with the media over this this cell phone disaster. All right. IBM has slowed... Good for you, Mike Sherman. Sorry. IBM has slowed (laughs) the speed of light... (laughs) Uh, they have basically found a way to easily slow down the speed of light, which could lead to optical processors. Ah, I love how our disparate interests are on display here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you get the flying dead toad story then. Best headline <laughs> ever, by far. Flying dead toad used to smuggle SIM cards into Bangkok prison. What more do you need to yeah, say? Yeah, there's nothing else to say there. Firefox has uh, uh, allegedly, according to one person who can't, one company that counts this, uh, reached 10% of the global market share. Interesting. It's actually higher in the United States, lower in other places. And there is a new Firefox beta. There is a new Firefox beta. Which, you know, check it out if you want to. AOL's spending spree continues after purchasing Weblogs Inc. They've now moved on to buy Music Now. So that they can revamp their music customization and personalization features. And finally, Nestle has re- has uh, patented coffee beer. Nasty. That's beer with caffeine. Mm-mm. It's a oh. poor man's speedball. Oh. That's a <laughs> <laughs> like four people in the room just were like, "Oh, speedball!" I, I just yep. want to say for the record, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Look it up. All right, let's get to Ron's call. Let's do. He says much more than I said. Hey, Tom and Molly, it's Paul again. Um, I just wanted to say that I hadn't heard uh, Veronica cackle in a little while, but I did hear here, uh, I'm assuming it was your producer, Mark Cackle. But uh, what I really wanted to talk about is, uh, Tom, you can buy your uh, AAC format uh, iTunes song, and then you can 
save it to a CD or burn a CD in iTunes and then recopy it to your computer and then you can have it in an MP3 or a WAV format and then all the DRM is gone. So that would solve your, your DRM problem. And then the other thing I wanted to say is uh, I just bought the new Switchfoot CD a while ago and it's, it's a Sony Music CD and it had a huge DRM thing and it wouldn't, it wouldn't show up in iTunes at all. So um, what I did is I put it in a CD player with a headphone jack on it and hooked it up to a line-in jack on my computer and recorded it with the free program Audacity, and then I'm going to break it into tracks and save it as a MP3 and then put it on my MP3 player. So uh, thanks for the great podcast, and um, see you or listen to you later. Bye. Dude, Tom, not only did you ruin his phone call, but you wrote down his name as Ron. It's Paul, and we apologize, Paul. And I like the fact that he is taking the initiative to get around the DRM that is restrictive, and he's using technology for the the great things it's. Although that for, may but actually it's ridiculous. be that may actually be a violation of the MCA. Yes. All right, on to Michael, the professor, and he shouldn't have to. Hi there, Tom and Molly, and it's Michael, big fan of the podcast. I am actually I'm a professor at the SUNY College of Brockport, uh, New York State. Uh, question has to do with DRM because I absolutely hate DRM, being the liberal college person that I am. Uh, I just want to tell you how bad that it's getting. Is we are receiving audio for, for example, a foreign language textbook sites that are now DRM equipped, meaning that now are we allowed to play these audio files for our classes? Are the students allowed to download them? And now they have all of these DRM issues that says that now only a student can download to one machine at a time and can only do it at one point, and we can't broadcast it to our students because that would be another copyright infringement. So just to let you know, you talk about iTunes and Napster. There are other people getting on the bandwagon, including now, I guess, textbook publishers, which really makes me angry. The next question has to do with the HD DVD and the Blu-ray technology. Um, since the beginning, we all know we could take our audio CDs and rip MP3s out of them, which, of course, have no digital protection. But we talk about the DRM capabilities of the HD DVDs and the Blu-ray DVDs. What's going to happen to normal audio CDs? To this date, when you talk about Sony, it's about installing the software um, with their new audio labels. Will CDs change with the new HD, DVD, or Blu-ray technologies? So just curious about how uh, the people with normal, good old-fashioned CD-ROMs are going to take this whole DRM crap. Good luck, guys. Thanks. Bye. That's a good point. That is a really good point. It's easy to get caught up in this whole discussion of DRM and basically being like, I just want to do whatever I want to. But Michael's telling us, look, this is impeding learning. It is out of control. And All I right. Agree. I agree. Uh, to Adam, yeah, Lexmark sucks with the uh, making it illegal to do anything with your printer cartridge other than return it to them. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I'm going to check that out, see if that's true. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, it probably is. It sounds... Uh, Bob A., this is what I love about our readers the most... That in the midst of all of the technology we've discussed, Bob wants us to know there were indeed restrictions. There were, I'm sorry, there, there were, were no restrictions on a 45 record. A record. <laughs> that you could, you could if you wanted to, you could record it using reel-to-reel. You still can. You still can. I still, I, I like that the 45 RPM record debate continues, yes. just like the desktop just, replacement debate. It's there under the surface in the middle of the DRM and the desktop replacement We range debate. wide and far throughout space and time. I love it. All right. Uh, we got many more emails than we could possibly take the time to read uh, in this podcast, but we did read them all. And great thoughts. Keep them coming. Buzz at CNET.com or uh, give us a phone call, 1-800-616-CNET. We're going to have to find a place for the overflow, Veronica. 
Mm. Like maybe a forum or a something? A forum. Yeah. Forum, newsletter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll work on that. Yeah. Let us know what you think. If you'd visit our little forum. See you later.